Where Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? What's up, everyone? My name is Najee Adams, and I'm one half of the dynamic hosting duo of the Hoopball Nets podcast right here in the Hoopball Podcast Network. Myself, along with my best friend, Hunter Jacobs, cover everything about New York's best basketball team. Sorry, Knicks fans. Join us as we journey into a new era of Nets basketball with superstars Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant while having a whole lot of fun along the way. As your one-stop shop for all things Nets, we've got it all. From their title odds next season, all the way to what we think their NBA 2K rating should be. Just two native New Yorkers talking about Brooklyn hoops. What could be better? Swing us a follow at Hoopball Nets on Twitter and subscribe to the show everywhere that podcast can be found. We've got Brooklyn Grit. Come show us you do too. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Yo, 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 what is up? This is another edition of NBA Today, a hoopball presentation. Make sure to follow hoopball at hoopball tweets and online www.hoopball.com. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me at CorbinNBA. And today, I have a very special guest talking about the blazing hot suns. And I thought, who better talk about it than an expert on the suns? I mean, seriously. Adam Stratton, you can follow him on Twitter, at Adam C. Stratton, who is the Valley of the Suns site expert, a guy I am very fortunate to work with, and someone who knows the Suns through and through, just here for a little bit to talk about Phoenix. So, uh, Adam, hi, how you doing? Doing great, Corbin. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, man, of course, of course. This is honestly a, a crazy situation. Not only to be an NBA fan with everything going on, I mean, NBA basketball in August, come on. But also, right. just being a Suns fan at a time like when – you know, the Suns came in the bubble kind of on the dregs. People were looking at them and, and still up to maybe three games ago, looping them in, in with the Washington Wizards as the two teams that shouldn't even be in the bubble, which is hilarious that the Suns got more flack about it than the Kings, but that's really another story. But then the Suns have just gone on this crazy hot run, um, just knocking down team after team, straight wins. Um, and, and from your perspective, going into the bubble um, and just being, being ready to, like, monitoring the Suns and writing about them, what were your expectations for Phoenix, and, and what did you think realistically that they would accomplish? Well, I mean, realistically, you don't think they're actually going to go 8-0 and and have a chance of legitimately <laughs> making the play-in game. And, and the thing is, like, I, I'll be the, you know, the, the first to admit I've got some bias here, but I honestly thought there was a decent chance that they made some noise. They, they went into mm-hmm. this bubble when everybody else around the league, when they first got to the bubble, were, were you know, tweeting out videos of them going fishing and, and doing all this other stuff. They, for the most part, kept their head down, and all the videos that you saw come out of them was, uh, it was them in the gym doing work. You know, the other teams weren't doing work, but they tried to create this culture and mindset where you know, they were there to, uh, you know, to turn some heads and make some noise. So in combination with, with that mentality – and the fact that I thought a lot more teams would be you know, resting stars than even they have been, uh, I thought there was a chance for them to pull some some, some big wins and maybe look at like a five and three, six and two, even type scenario. But uh, you know, throw in a few you know, close games, uh, Devin Booker buzzer beater, and now they're sitting at seven and zero with uh, you know a couple bounces of the ball away from uh, legitimately making the playing game. Yeah, honestly, it's it's so crazy to think about that because. 
from my perspective, I, I was definitely a lot more all over. And like you said, having having a bias, I mean, you, you follow the team all season. You kind of know what they're about when all healthy. Um, obviously, missing Kelly Oubre and having Aaron Baines come in late and, and just kind of getting some other guys together a little later. Ricky Rubio joining just before it all started. But in terms of understanding just kind of the team's fullest potential, I went in thinking, okay, you know what? If they're all healthy, this will work out, okay. I really put a lot of my faith in the Suns being competitive in this bubble on the health of Kelly Oubre. Um, I seem to have totally discounted the impact that Mikel Bridges had on this team and Cam Johnson just coming into starting lineup and, and just producing at a high level. So I, I definitely own that because once I realized that Oubre wasn't going to be in, and as of, I mean, it's safe to say he won't be playing uh, during the Orlando season, at least from my perspective. I was like, okay, you know what? And I put an article out saying as much, focus on development. You have guys like Ty Jerome. You have guys like Ken Johnson. Give them more heavy minutes. Kind of figure out what's going on with Dario Saric and, you know, whether he's worth retaining and, and kind of go from there. And so I, I guess I was a little more pessimistic in my viewpoint as to how Phoenix would, would proceed here, but... Uh, it's it's been insane. I mean, like you said, they've had some tough games. Um, that Devin Booker sh- buzzer beating shot over Kawhi Leonard, over Paul George, um, and by Kawhi Leonard, is probably the signature shot of the bubble experience so far. But looking at Phoenix, and obviously they've been playing so well, and there's a bunch of different reasons for that. What to you stands out as as the reason that they've been just so strong in a way, aside from being healthy, that they didn't really have before. So, I mean, this is the first year, obviously, Monty Williams has been with the team, and he has been trying to figure out this lineup since day one. And it's, what's made it tough is that he really hasn't had his full complement of players for the entirety of the season. It's, it, they've had an entirely uh, crappy run at, uh, with injuries and suspensions and everything else in between. Uh, so he's really had to experiment a lot with uh, different rotations, lineups, that kind of thing. But he kind of finally found this magic, uh, like, lineup of uh of five guys with rubio booker Ubre, bridges and ayton with uh, the big key there that bridges took dario's spot in the lineup and when those five guys were on the court i don't have the stats here in front of me but i mean they were something uh just insanely higher than almost any other lineup lineup in the, in the whole nba uh and so mm-hmm. when you kind of see them doing that thing you're like all right well that kind of makes sense and uh, and so I was like, all right, well, now that Ubre's out, I guess Dario's going to go back into the starting lineup. And honestly, I think the fact they put Cam Johnson in there and instead has uh, has allowed for Dario to come off the bench and just casually walk in and have 16 points and eight rebounds <laughs> nearly every game and provide hustle and, and all that. And that's finally given them some bench scoring um, off the bench that uh, they just haven't really had all year. They were 29th, I think, in the league in bench scoring. Uh, prior to the bubble, and now they're, uh, you know, they've they're averaging over 35 points at the game off the bench. So, uh, I mean, just uh, they're really just kind of finding that that right lineup. It just kind of took a while. So, I, I'm really encouraged, uh, you know, moving forward that uh, you know they can continue you know, this success. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm definitely right there with you. And I was worried about Sarich. I'm thinking a lot about him. Uh, wrote as much in general about his uncertain situation, but this seems coming off the bench like his prime position to kind of mesh in, make an impact a lot more aggressive, it seemed, especially um, since being in Orlando. And it's great to see. But speaking of the bench, I mean, there's three guys who come to mind immediately. We already mentioned Saric. Um, Obviously, the Bulldog, Javon Carter, is definitely someone there. But I've been most impressed with Cameron Payne, especially coming in um, in six games. I mean, of course, small sample size theater, but 10 points, four rebounds, three assists a night, uh, 50% from three 
uh, playing assertive, making his mark, and, and really keying a number of bench runs that have helped stabilize the Suns in, in several of these games. What have you thought about his impact, and, and I guess really the bench at large, and just coming in? And I'm just going to throw another side question. As far as Ty Jerome, who, you know, was, let's just say, kind of terrible, really coming out to start, is this what you think are just normal rookie lumps, a disjointed, uneven season with injury, or is he, is he probably best to kind of be behind Cameron Payne, um, definitely for the duration of this bubble, but just moving forward? Uh, so, yeah. The process so basically on, on the camp- bench. Yeah, so first on campaign, I absolutely have been pleasantly surprised with uh, with him coming in. Uh, I mean, his name has also created lots of opportunity for good puns. Uh, yeah. And so as a writer, you got to really appreciate, uh, appreciate that. Um, but no, like he is coming in with that mentality of, uh, of just pure hunger to stay in the league. And so while he hasn't been around the, t- you know, around the team all year long and have that same desire to necessarily like, you know, make a name for themselves at the Phoenix Suns, you know, he's coming with that same mentality um, in terms of playing aggressive in order to to stay in the league. And he's done exactly that. Now, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when he just randomly pulls up from, you know, 25 feet, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> when it uh, goes in, I feel like he's had several, <laughs> several of those kind of shots. Um, but, hey, they've been going in. And, again, he's provided uh, someone who's been able to score off the bench, has been able to uh, – you know, just be aggressive at, at the point guard position and, and just make, try to make things happen. So many times this year, there were just a lot of like standing around and, you know, maybe pass it around to Cam Johnson, who would fire up a three. But there really wasn't a lot of attacking going on with guys like, you know, I love Javon Carter, but he's not really a guy to create his own shot. Wow. Um, and, uh, and and similarly with, uh, you know, with Ty Jerome, dude, I want that guy to be good, but sometimes he just looks like, He's running full speed, and, and people are just jogging by him. <laughs> it's, uh, it just looks like he's in, uh, like in, in, in fast motion. Everybody else is just like in slow. He's just so uh, – he just looks a little bit out outmanned right now on the court. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of hope that he can, uh, you know, find his way, kind of find what he needs to do to be successful. Uh, but, yeah, it's not looking <laughs> too encouraging. Not looking too encouraging, and it's um, – you kind of go about the campaign, though. It's just been an ongoing Phoenix Suns, like, borderline parody about trying to find a backup point guard or even a point guard in general before Ricky Rubio came along. Uh, and so they had something like six point guards on the team to start the, to start the season. Yeah. Uh, and, and now they've got another one. And, uh, and so to be able to actually... Uh, you know, find one out of the group that's, that's excelling, then uh, that's encouraging. And uh, you know, hope uh, hope Jerome can stick around and give it a shot to to make, get some playing time, you know, next year. But uh, man, you really you really kind of think back on the fact that they traded a draft pick to move up to to get him last year and think, oh, that may have been better served uh, somewhere else. <laughs> oh yeah, no, most definitely. I think the last Suns pick that I was really entirely too high on as far as, um, well, I'm sorry. There's been a few Suns picks that I thought could work out, but, um, does any, you remember a, a certain Kendall Marshall, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Carolina. <laughs> there you go. A- after him, uh, you know, he had another, a moment for the Lakers where he played pretty decently, but after him, I was like, you know what? I, I got to see it to believe it. Cause I had all the Kendall Marshall stock and in retrospect, I should have hit a little pause on that. But um, <laughs> one could definitely say Jerome is moving his own pace. Just doesn't seem to be um, equaling anyone else that he's <laughs> kind of uh, defending on one end or trying to score on the other. So that might he's be gonna get, 
Yeah, he's just got to get the quicksand out of his shoes. I think he'll he'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Speaking of someone who needs to do some things to be all right, he's played decently well. If anything, I think he's an enigma. I've really struggled to understand him. Um, and I'm talking about DeAndre Ayton, who, I mean, he puts so much on the table. He takes a few things away. He talks about maturity and having his head screwed on straight and everything. And then he forgets to take uh, a COVID test, you know, that you take every day in the bubble uh, before a game that, you know, could have been a little bit of a pickle had he not come in late, which we were so grateful he came in. But what what, what is the DeAndre Aiden experience for you? And just how do you feel? Because uh, coming in from last year, I was all on the Aiden train. Um, I was like, Luca, who Aiden is where it's at. Obviously, I'm lucky I didn't tweet that much about it because I'm definitely <laughs> kind of walking it back a little bit internally. But I, I still feel he can be good. I was so happy he hit all those threes. But he's just he seems to just be I, – I, I need you to help me explain explain Aiden, Adam. What, what's been going on with him? Just someone who produces, but it's just kind of there. What's the, what's the adjective for it? It's uh, I, you know, I've been <laughs> writing for the Phoenix Suns for a decent amount of time now, and I still can't figure out the right adjective to describe – uh, DeAndre Ayton, right? just an, an enigma of some sort. There you uh, go. <laughs> he's, uh, man, he's just another guy that you like. He'll come out and have a 2010 game, and you don't even realize it because the whole time you're just so frustrated that the fact that he's not dunking on people's heads and you know settling for for mid range jumpers and every single shot you feel like he's missing. Then you look up and he has you know 20 and 10, and so it's uh. <laughs> It's almost sometimes as if, uh, as if you wish that you could just not watch the game, or somehow you could just blur out Aiton on the screen, <laughs> so you don't actually like see him, and then just go check the box score afterwards and be like, "Oh yeah, he had he had a good game." Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you watch the game, it's the most frustrating thing. You see a dude who's seven foot tall, uber athletic, and got a good touch for a big man. I mean, he can shoot the ball, yeah. uh, and you just want to see him just go in and and just dominate. And then uh, he just – you don't want to say he plays soft. He just plays delicate. And he plays this, <laughs> he, he plays this touch game that, uh, you know, you, you just you know, hope that um, – you, you just wish you saw more aggressiveness. I guess the one way I was trying to say it was if you put Javon Carter's mentality inside DeAndre Ayton's body. Oh, my god! You're talking about like a you know, future Hall of Famer, you know, no question. It's uh, – it's so, a mess. Hey, it's just, just what he is. I mean, I don't. Maybe that's the best way to say. It. I, mean, I think Suns fans are going to have to, at some point, just realize this is who he is, and there's no magic bullet that's going to, you know, turn him into the next Kill O'Neal. He's just a, uh, he is a seven foot tall shooting guard that likes to to stay, you know, relatively around the paint. So. <laughs> I think you did is. the best job describing Aiden. <laughs> like, like you were grasping the same as me, but you like put that together in a package that like he is what he is. DeAndre Aiden, and everyone. And you're right. Like, I feel like if he had that mentality, I mean, Carter's mentality is just in. I mean, the dude chases a loose ball to pick you up full court. Like that energy and and effort and just the the dog in him is, is insane. But he would be, in my mind, like a better Joel Embiid, having the strength, having the frame, and, and being a far better shooter from the outside. But, I mean, he loves doing what he loves doing, and that's a good player, but you're right. He just, I feel like he doesn't sleepwalk his way to 20 and 10, but he kind of lopes his way there. And if he was to, like, do, like, a brisk jog, I mean, I could, I could see a 25-15, you know, and I, I don't even think that's super crazy to say just because he is so athletic and, and bigger and stronger. But, 
I mean, some people like to go and score from eight feet, and he prefers 15. I mean, it goes in, and I guess it works. But, I mean, fortunately, he's not, you know, the straw that stirs the drink for the Phoenix Suns. That is one Devin Booker who, I mean, Suns fans have known the greatness of Booker for years now and just having the team catch up to how he's been playing. It seems like the national media is finally looking at Devin Booker like, wow, this guy is really good. And, I mean, if it wasn't for the exploits of Damian Lillard, who, I mean, is doing something similar in, in, in dragging a team, you know, into the postseason, I don't think that uh, Devin Booker is in that same light. It's not like it's injuries and everything going in, but similar players in the sense of, like, their exploits. But I think Damian Lillard had this on him all his time, and Devin Booker has been overlooked year after year, and now it's like the national lens is on him. But from your perspective, I mean – from watching it, I've seen. I mean, it seems like Devin Booker is playing the way he used, he's. You know, he's efficient. He's knocking shots out the park all the time. He's he's that main scorer. I I don't see. I guess anything like super. Like he's he's a great player. He is just a great player doing what he does. But I mean, for most people, it's a revelation now about how good he is. Um, obviously that's not how you feel. But like, describe Booker's play um through these seven games and just what you've seen. Booker is so awesome. Uh, as, a, <laughs> right. as a, uh, so a guy that grew up in Kentucky and, you know, my first love of all things basketball is, is Kentucky basketball. Um, when, uh, like I was ecstatic when, you know, his Kentucky team, you know, with Carl Anthony Towns and Harrison twins and, you know, was, we had like nine or 10 guys that went to the NBA in uh, in that, that year, 2015, no, um, like he was the best shooter on that team, and it was it wasn't really close. Like I remember watching him just in warmups, and he warmed up like a guy in the NBA would warm up, where he just like pulled up for three and just didn't miss over and over and over again. So I always kind of again, but bias inserted here, always was high <laughs> on Devin Booker, and got pumped when when he went to, came to the Suns. And uh, I remember going to a Suns game his rookie year and just like screaming every single time they had the ball when he was in the in the games to throw it to Booker. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, this to me is no surprise. Seeing him excel like this is uh, is no surprise. Uh, that doesn't make it less exciting, though. I mean, dude's, dude's just an absolute monster. He finally got some recognition, uh, partly thanks to to Hugh Boyd Dame there uh, for the <laughs> All-Star game for, for bowing out and, uh, and letting Dame take his place as an injury reserve in the All-Star game. Um, yeah. but, but what he's done – since the bubble started, it's just different level. I mean, the knock on Devin Booker has always been, you know, the looter in the riot. It's way, way he, some people described his, his 70 point performance. Um, you know, he's just an uh, empty stack kind of guy. Well, now he's showing not only is he going to get 35 points and, you know, nine assists and seven rebounds, he's also going to lead his team to a seven game win streak. And so <laughs> the, the haters are really going to have to start digging deep here pretty soon to find ways to to keep him off of all NBA teams and, and whatever else, because I mean, if, if uh, he can continue to success, success on to next season from a, a team success standpoint, um, then I mean, he's, he's going to be considered, you know, one of the top guys in the, in the league, despite everybody not wanting to put anybody from the Suns in that category. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, you described it perfectly. And also, I mean, you can't even, you mentioned from a scoring standpoint, uh, assists, playmaking, rebound, all of that, and also defense, because when, 
Mikael Bridges isn't guarding the best scorer. Devin Booker's been on that player um, on several of these matchups and is a lot more energetic, a great use of his body on that end, and is, is more than serviceable on the end as well. So, like you said, they're, they're really you're, people are running out of excuses to hide this guy any longer, and that's honestly great to see. But um, all of this, we, we ran over the bench, Aiden, Booker. Uh, we can even touch on Bridges a little bit. We kind of went on him with, with Cam Johnson and the impact he's made, especially just defensively. But the dude has had flashes of just looking... I don't want to say like a star. I don't want to jump the gun there, but looking like someone who can definitely be one, at least in his role or an upper echelon player um, in, in one of the top forwards, just from his budding offensive ability and his already stout defense. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bridges mm-hmm. has come in and uh, he's what, what he's done. The biggest thing in the bubble is he's gotten more aggressive offensively. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, uh, you know, those, those little plays where, uh, you know, he kind of you know starts to drive them, maybe he kicks it back out. Like he's taking that to the rim and just scoring like pretty easily. I mean, effortlessly <laughs> looking anyway. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you know, on, on top of that, he's got this little this little hitch that he had at the beginning of the season out of his shot. And I mean, dude's just stroking from outside. And uh, and when you like you said play that kind of defense, um, that's going to lead to more offense. And you know, the guy can can easily. Uh, you know, rattle off twenty points, and you don't even you don't even realize it because they all they all came on, you know, defensive steals and, and whatever else. So, um, but I mean, that kind of defense though, along with Javon Carter, and now honestly, campaign to an extent, mm-hmm. rubs off on the other guys. You talk about Booker being you know, picking up his defense a little bit. I mean, I don't want to say that Javon Carter and those guys are the reason why, but I mean, that mentality yeah. rubs off. Um, I mean, I think Carter even kind of said that. He jumps on his guys, but he's on the bench when he sees him doing the quote unquote NBA thing of, of conserving energy. Uh, I love that about in, him. <laughs> in an effort to score. Uh, and so, you know, you combine that because uh, I think Javon Carter went on to say, you know, because if, you know, when we lock down defensively, I mean, we're unstoppable. So you, know, you combine that mentality and, you know, Booker trying to be a leader on this team, you know, isn't going to be that NBA guy doing that thing when all his other guys are. Are uh, you know going after it hard on D? So he's he's picked up his game on D, which has just accelerated his overall game. Um, and then you know just to throw in the other guy we haven't talked about much is Ricky Rubio. Yeah, just be, being the facilitator of kind of all of this sort of quiet facilitator and, and a floor general. And this uh, this team's got a lot of promise. I know they've lost a lot of games this year, but uh, I'm uh, looking forward to the future with these guys. Oh, yeah. The core is definitely there. And, and the future for first time in a few years for Phoenix looks really bright, regardless of the situation here, which we, we might as well kind of get straight down to real quick. Uh, shout out to Frank the Tank. His scoring starting to come around a little bit. Had a, you know, he, he's getting there uh, at least this past game. Uh, <laughs> it came through and, and I, I love the dude. Uh, I, I, I look back fondly to the draft that he was a part of where teams were trying to move so many draft picks for him. But but all that being said, joking aside, like I really like the guy. So want to give a shout out to uh, Frank the Tank. <laughs> uh, I will play devil's advocate here and say I hate Frank the Tank because he was, part <laughs> oh. of the Wis- he was part of the Wisconsin team that beat the undefeated Kentucky Wildcats in the Final Four in a game that oh I was sitting in the gosh. stands for <laughs> and broke my heart for a solid like week and a half. Yeah, uh, and so I have uh, I have a love hate relationship with him even now. You know, five years later, so. I, <laughs> I want I him to do it. well when he's on the court, but you know, uh-huh. it's uh that's a wound that 
may not ever heal. Hey, I mean, dude, I, I get that. That's that's a, a begrudging root. For, that's a begrudging respect for him. I, and guess what? If something that big, college, I mean, I'm not even going to attempt to touch Adam. Your your bias is justified in regards to <laughs> Mr. Kaminsky. But um, you actually just wrote a a piece, a quick piece, a little bit earlier. Um, like not even an hour ago. Um, on value of the Suns, check that out. Um, basically describing how the Phoenix Suns. Uh, will basically make the playing games. And real quick, I mean, it's pretty much a blurb. They need to beat the Dallas Mavericks and either the Brooklyn Nets need to beat the Portland Trailblazers or the Milwaukee Bucks need to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. So, like, the Suns are in this situation. Now, you know, with the Mavericks having locked down their position um, and where they'll be, uh, it is thought that they'll rest a lot of players. Of course, Phoenix still needs to take advantage and win that game. And putting that aside, what do you feel about the situation as stands? Looking at... Not only the Suns, but also um, the Nets possibly getting hot or the Bucks and whether they'll rest plays for the Grizzlies. What, what is your thought on just this whole play-in scenario uh, possibility for the Phoenix Suns? I, uh, well, kind of as I said in the piece, it just kind of feels like the, the basketball deities are always like, anti-Suns. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, in the, even in the Portland Trailblazers games today, you had Dame Lillard, you know, for one, he had 61 points. I don't take anything away from the dude, but... He uh, you know, he shot a forty footer that carried off the back of the rim. Oh played bricks. Yeah, you know, bounces off the ceiling basically and comes back in. Uh, it was just uh, it was just insane. And so then combine that with some questionable officiating. To be fair, yeah. on both sides, you had some. I mean, my biggest pet peeve in the world is when referees act like they're the reason everybody came to, to watch <laughs> these guys play. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so to call it an offensive foul there with what less than five seconds left, right? Because Dallas drills that three. I mean, that was just such Phoenix Suns bad luck right there. So, mm-hmm. um, so so there's so there's that. So now Portland going to play the Nets, who uh, <laughs> who surprisingly have been pretty decent. I mean, they were the kind of the laughable team here, considering they were picking up 40-year-old dudes off the street in order to have enough bodies <laughs> to play. Do not it's, disrespect uh, Jamal Crawford. <laughs> no, you're actually just telling the truth. <laughs> uh, and so, but I mean, yeah, the Karis Avert's looking amazing. So, I mean, I think they could come out and actually give them a pretty good shot of, uh, of taking that down. So, I'm not completely counting out that game. Uh, then for I mean you would think that the Bucks would be able to to take care of the Grizzlies who've just been in an absolute tailspin. Um, but you know as I don't know if you saw, if you saw it, but uh, yeah, Giannis just headbutted Mo Wagner all of a sudden. I did, and as a Lakers fan, I still have love for Mo. That was ridiculous. <laughs> that was just ridiculous. He's a hothead. Uh, he needs to be suspended. After, he has to be forced to play in this game against the Grizzlies and then suspended. That that's, that's I don't make that's the rules. Even, that's even bigger punishment, I think. Yeah, I think that <laughs> make him play the regular season game and then sit out of the first game. Of the exactly. I uh, I agree. Yeah. So I mean, maybe he wasn't going to play anyway. But um, yeah, that's just again, <laughs> definitely just, ain't doing it now. <laughs> yeah, but that's just again the basketball gods just coming in and saying, "Oh, Phoenix Suns have, have have a chance, or uh, Phoenix Suns have a chance here. Let's let's see what we can do to make that a little bit more difficult." So, <laughs> I mean, Mo oh, Wagner too. Like, what's what's the MVP headbutting Mo Wagner for? I mean, come Dude. on. I mean, his job in the NBA is as an irritant. Like, like if you are going to lose your mind over that, and you're Mister, oh, I don't start anything. I'm so good. He, he, I, I can go into a Giannis rant myself, Adam. I'm telling you, <laughs> I think the dude is like a fake tough guy, and I, I don't even want to be MVP. And maybe that's because I, I, I'm I have my purple and gold Le- LeBron phase on right now. But like, I have thoughts. I have major thoughts on Giannis. I'm 
for your sake of time and mine, I'm not even going to go into that. But um, you said it. The, the basketball guys, man, they are they are interesting folk. But um, uh, just to close out, final final thing here. And again, Adam, thank you for your time. Um, win, lose, or draw with the Suns, and whether they make the play-in um situation or not, what is one thing you're going to take away from this? Orlando bubble experience this one because who knows if, if there will be another one that you're looking at you know positively negatively indifferently um, about the Suns moving forward. Well, I think uh, I think Suns fans have to be prepared for them to go eight and zero for the Grizzlies and the Blazers to both win and therefore the Suns are are out and not be disappointed because that's going to be it. Of course, they're going to be disappointed that you know that. It didn't work out for them, but they have to come away, um, even with the seven and one bubble experience, as wow, like we're really building something in Phoenix. And and, and what I would like to also see from just around the, the league is that uh, you know that Draymond Green you know take of you know, get Booker out of Phoenix morphs into, hey, like I'm a pretty big NBA star. I think I want to go join you know Booker in Phoenix and, and, and really try to keep on growing what uh, what they've got there. Uh, I think that's what I think would be the probably the biggest hope that uh, hope takeaway that uh, that comes out of this, um, because uh, I mean what what we've seen here is that the pieces are there and we've kind of known that this shows that it's, it's really possible. But I know they beat some teams that were you know starting essentially their, their G League guys out there, but you know this team is uh, is is not uh, not one that is just an automatic win on the schedule anymore. And, uh, you know, the oftentimes you see like where the success at the end of one season bleeds into success into the next season. And so I'm hoping that, uh, you know, they make a few smart moves this in the off season to help build onto that. And, yeah, just like really, really grow and <laughs> turn this into maybe a plus 500 season. Yep. I mean, you, you basically said it better than I could. Adam, thanks again for your time here. Um, a lot to look forward to. I was going to use the sun is shining, some bad puns. So I'm just going to let that go. <laughs> um, you can follow Adam at Adam C. Stratton on Twitter. Check out his work, and it's a lot of it on Valley of the Suns. Uh, I mean, he's he, there's a bunch of people. I mean, yours truly there as well, but Adam cranks out content just night and day so make sure to check out his work there um and honestly that'll do it here for us at nba today uh real quick my bookie and manscaped are have great partnerships right now with hoopball i'm gonna run through just the real brief codes use the promo code hoopball for my bookie that's h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l for a free ten dollar mlb future wager um Real simple on that. You bet you win. They pay. Again, the code is HoopBall for that. And then for Manscaped, I mean, if you want to get in on this Lawnmower 3.0, I mean, I'm not even going to tell you anything else about it. This is the promo you're getting. This should pique your interest. Check it out. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Brewski at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Brewski. That is B-R-U-S-K-I at Manscaped.com. As for me, follow me at CorbinNBA. And check out HoopBall at hoop-ball.com and at HoopBall Tweets on Twitter. All right, y'all, that's all I got. Stay frosty, and y'all take care. I'll be right back with y'all tomorrow. Bye. Right. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.